Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The experiment after finding out about the experiment. Yeah. <laughs> How's it going, eh? It's going pretty good. All right. I got nothing. I got no complaints at the moment. Mm -hmm. Except mm -hmm. for, you know, the stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, sure. You can always come up with something. Well, we're apartment hunting, so it's yeah. uh, trying to deal with that stuff is a little stressful. Sure. But uh, that's why we're doing it early. Yeah, you haven't uh, you know, moved out of one apartment. No. Yet. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> so. Or put in notice, yeah. But uh, waiting until the last minute is always very stressful, and you have to settle for things you might not otherwise have to yeah also true it's very tiring i'm very tired yeah but, uh, yeah. but otherwise no big deal good good what's going on oh speaking of being tired <laughs> oh. i did a webinar uh -huh. a training session with this new curriculum that we're we're piloting Hur hooray <laughs> yeah yeah it's good okay uh, it's actually really really good well, it's like eight thousand school districts are using this thing oh it's called quaver music and quaver being the uh a British terminology for... Popularized in Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Oh, indeed. Eighth notes. And then they have this main... The British character, his name is Quaver. <laughs> he sort of has a... Um, He's I don't know, from London. My, South London, yeah. specifically. <laughs> Michael Caine is a little extreme for his accent, but, um, but this guy is similar. Uh -huh. you know, not full Cockney, but... Uh, right. That's great. Good job. Uh, so. And he's sort of, sort of like that. Like right. that. John Stewart, then I mean uh, John Oliver. John Oliver. Oh yeah, <laughs> sorry, Wrong. got John me John's Stewart's mixed up. British. He's been faking an American accent this whole time. <laughs> yeah, John Oliver. <laughs> yeah, somewhere between John Oliver and, and Michael Caine. But uh, didn't John Oliver, he's from he's from Birmingham, from Birmingham. Except, didn't he say? Yeah, he says that his accent has modified. Yeah, typically Birmingham is a bit languid like that. Yeah. That's both. Think of Ozzy Osbourne, but, you know, coherent. <laughs> the other uh, Black Sabbath lads, mm, they, mm -hmm, they sound mm -hmm. more typically, I think they're, I think most of them are from Birmingham. I could be wrong. Hmm. That's his accent. But, um, <laughs> you know, 40 years ago, yeah. he was a uh, much more lucid. Certainly. And probably John Oliver was too. Mm. Wait, no, that's the opposite. Maybe. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, so speaking of being tired or whatever, however we <laughs> I tangented into this. I did this webinar and I had my earbuds in for um, about two hours of this, of this thing. Mm -hmm. And when I finished the webinar, I took my earbuds out and holy crap, my ear was ringing in three octaves really loudly um, huh. for until I fell asleep, basically. So about, uh, I don't know, six or eight hours. Strange. Uh, more. And it was um, it was pretty annoying, like to the point where, you know, people would, would talk to me and I'd be like, what? You know, kind of, I knew what they said. But I had to think about it or hmm. concentrate because it was so annoyingly loud in my right ear. Hmm. Yeah, it was, uh, and I've got a, a, a you know some tinnitus. I would imagine if I think about it, mm -hmm. uh, basically all the time. Right. You know, because I'm older and also have had you know hearing damage from loud noises. For I some suppose. Uh, but it, anyway. it can also be um, induced by other things. So certain drugs can. Exacerbated mm -hmm. like NSAIDs, I've, I've mm -hmm. read. Um, mm -hmm. So if you are a regular ibuprofen user, that can exacerbate your tinnitus. Uh, well, you shouldn't be a regular ibuprofen uh, user because of potential liver damage as well. So that's two strikes. Yeah. Depends on how, what you mean by regular, but yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
but uh, but yeah, the, the foods you eat can also, uh, or if you have you know uh, fever or infection, mm-hmm. those things. Mm-hmm. It's it's very yeah, it's, it's delicate in yeah. there. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I don't have any of those things. I think it must have mm-hmm. been you know there was probably some sort sort of uh, constant frequency or something with mm-hmm. the with the connection that I didn't really notice at the time. Right. As long as your volume wasn't too high, I don't I don't see how it could have damaged you. Maybe just yeah, it just set you off. Yeah, set off the, yeah. the so, little bones, mm-hmm. the little so hairs. In the morning it was, yeah, the hairs. Uh, in the morning, it was uh, back to mostly normal. Right. But we'll see what happens after this session. <laughs> okay, I'm, then. I'm a little curious to... to uh, Bonus to episode. That test. <laughs> Me just saying, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> yep, still there. Yeah. <laughs> so that was kind of... Um, it was a bummer. It was a really good training session. At any rate, um, moving on. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, let's let's keep it let's keep it tight because uh, Indeed. people have to go to bed. So watch out, folks. Those earbuds, you know, could induce tinnitus. I guess. <laughs> eh, I never have nailed down an official pronunciation. That's how I say it. But what tinnitus? Tinnitus. <laughs> tinnitus. <laughs> Sounds like a British new wave band. Well, speaking of bands, yeah, I got a share that has come up semi frequently, and by semi, I mean just almost never. But every once in a while, I'll hear it, and I never remember who does it. Yeah. And the song is called Winning <laughs> by Santana. What? Santana? And that can't it, be right. Yeah. And from, um, what was that album? I can't remember now what the album was called. It was a, a weird sort of pop thing that they did in the 80s. It's uh, the album Z-Bop in oh, 1981. It. So, yeah. 81 was a weird sort of time 1980-81 but this song transitioning this song um, every time it comes on I am struck by how ideal it is as a pop song mm-hmm. and it is and it's good yeah I like it but I, if I had if it was a Jeopardy question uh-huh. and I had to guess you know I would say like Air Supply or some somebody along those lines you know like right. it's just in that zone although I think leading the pack maybe in that what would you call it soft rock for this song yeah. No, no, no. It's got a, it's got too much of a groove for that. It's just very sparkly. Yeah. In a way. Um but but uh a quintessentially perfect pop hit, I would say. Uh-huh. And um before before I play it, I just want to s- say a couple things about it. It's almost exactly three and a half minutes long. Uh-huh. It starts off with this instrumental version of the chorus, which is always nice. You hit the audience with that. Yeah. And then you bring it back again when the you know when the actual chorus hits and it's familiar. It's like they introduce that, Carlos plays a few lines, and yep. then they you know it's very short and they immediately go into the verse. Right. And the cool thing that I that I hear in the verse is a thing that always grabs my ear, which is a vocal line, a melody line that stays the same mm-hmm. while the backing track modulates mm-hmm. underneath it. Mm-hmm. So the backing track changes chord structure. Right. But the melody stays the same. Yep. And they don't do it. There's not a ton of it, but it's enough that it it just, uh, I think it, it gives you that, that edge. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> of something. Well, there's not much he could do. <laughs> he was up pretty high. Yeah. But one of those tricks that, that of writing hooks in a song, you know, it's like songwriting one-on-one. There's no specific formula, but there are formulaic things mm-hmm. that always work in a song. Mm-hmm. You know, one of them is, you know, pretty harmonies. Yep. Another is this kind of thing. You know, there's, there's a million. But that said, let's play a little bit of it. One day I was on the ground when I needed 
So there you go. Yeah. <laughs> Super catchy. And what I never remember is this song was written by a songwriter named Russ, Russ Ballard. Uh-huh. And Russ Ballard did um, a ton of hits for other people over the years. And that started off in a, uh, his band Argent, hmm. right? Argent. Argent. Okay, Argent did a song called Hold Your Head Up, uh, Woman, right? 1972. Okay. Hold your head up, woman. Hold. Is it? Yeah, I'll, I'll put familiar. a little bit of that here. You'll know that. But he also did, he did You Can Do Magic for America. He wrote that song for that. was almost a comeback for them i think it was their last hit okay and then he also wrote i know there's something going on for Anifrid lingstad you know <laughs> her first solo album after leaving abba i believe hmm. had that song on it very super iconic song You know that one too, right? Oh yeah. So fully, uh, fully into the uh, the new wave there for her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, definitely a big, mm-hmm. boomy, gated drums, all that yeah. stuff. Yep. But um, but just a machine of <laughs> of hits, really. Yeah, um, yeah. So not only those, he wrote uh, "Since You've Been Gone" for Rainbow. You may you might recognize that if it, if it came on the radio mm-hmm. or if I mm-hmm. played it for you. But he did also write God Gave Rock and Roll to You, which was in Bill and Ted's Bogus Journey. Oh, yeah. That Kiss covered. Uh-huh. That was his song, too. <laughs> and he, wow. had, he had a hit on his own called Voices that was just always one of my favorite things uh, from 82 or 3. I don't know. what it, I don't remember what it was. Hmm. Um, minor, a minor hit, but it, they played it a lot on the, the Tucson radio station that we the rock station that we listened to mm-hmm. um so it became, klpx KL, yeah klpx and they yeah. it became a favorite of mine
So um, just a weird reaching back that exploded into all these things that Russ Ballard had written that I didn't even, I never knew. Yeah. Well, it's like, um, and it's all along. over the place. It's not just, you know, some pop hits right. along the way. It's everything. Yeah. He's just a good, good songwriter. I shouldn't say everything. Um, the, the gamut of pop, right? All the way certainly. from hard rock to fluffy, you know, dance pop. Yeah. Um, it's like, uh, who was it? Uh, Diane Warren. Oh, uh, yeah. Apparently still going. Uh, sure. But, uh, man, but, she was cranking out hits. Um, well, she was a client of our messenger service when I was doing that in L.A. Mm-hmm. And so we'd um, every once in a while we'd deliver some kind of um, digital audio tape yeah. to her or from her right. to a studio right. somewhere. But know. her thing is mostly ballads. Yeah. And I don't, sure. I don't find her... Uh, having as big a range, at least not of of styles that I like. All right, not it's just a matter of. Range. I was just, I guess, I was just thinking about her, um, just sort of hit making ability. Definitely. Oh no, no. Where She's most totally... people for the longest mm-hmm. time didn't really know or wouldn't know her name. Right. So. Yes, for sure. Yeah. All hail. <laughs> there you go. That's my. Yeah. That's my find. My super Far find. Out. And then on voices, he does the same thing. Interestingly. Uh huh. Interesting what, to what, me. <laughs> what do you mean he does the same thing? He the, keeps a, a vocal line the same oh, while see. the chords yeah. move underneath it. Yeah. Chords change underneath. Uh-huh. Same same vocal line. Hmm. Well, I also have a music chair. Um, and it is uh, Bela Fleck. But it's not Bela Fleck and the Fleck Tones. Oh, mm. no, no. He wrote a, a concerto for yeah. banjo and symphony orchestra. He sure did. <laughs> commissioned uh, in 2011 by the Nashville Symphony Orchestra, which, my goodness, they are good. Oh, I didn't I realize no it was a commission. Yeah. Huh. Uh, and they are so good. I, I, I'm continually amazed at the um, what used to be known as sort of second-tier, sort of poo-pooed, almost like training orchestras around the world. <laughs> yeah. You know, there, there are so many now that have uh, just first-class musicianship. Um, and Nashville is... is uh, no slouch by any means. Um, anyway, so they they commissioned this piece by him, and he it's called the Imposter <laughs> Concerto for Banjo and Symphony Orchestra. Um, movement one infiltration. The second movement is called integration, and the third movement is uh, truth revealed. <laughs> so right then. fairly self explanatory as to what's uh, what's going on there. Um, it's not exactly program music, but it's uh, it's kind of nifty. Um, I I really like the first movement the best. Um, I think it got a little uh, out there for my taste in, in movements two and three, but still good. Mm-hmm. But uh, movement one is more, um, it's a little more cinematic. I think more pleasing to the average listener that would be listening to it. But uh, yeah, you get some, get some riffs in there. Mm-hmm. 
Nice. Yeah. Yeah. So I, so I, I liked it. I didn't. I, I had the same reaction. It's. It goes on, um, a bit in those. In those yeah, moments, it's, but. It, it's a 35-minute uh, concerto. Right. 36 minutes, like each, which is each on the high is side. About 12. Yeah. yeah, about 12 minutes per movement. Yeah, which is uh, I, yeah, eh, you know, who are we to say it should be shaved down? It's <laughs> I music, guess so. Music, but <laughs> traditionally they're a little shorter. Yeah, but uh, but I I was just looking up. Um, I saw a post that was shared on Facebook. And it's sort of like a combo group of musicians that they play, they're playing, they're using bluegrass instrumentation. So I got a mandolin, a banjo, a violin, and um, bass, I want to say, I forget what the fourth instrument is, but they're singing music and playing music similar to, uh, say, Gypsy Kings. Uh, Mm. It's Latin music. It reminds me of Gypsy Kings, especially because of the singer, the lead singer's voice is very much like that. Yeah. But uh, yeah, so it's sort of Latin meets bluegrass thing and i was i uh, it was reminded of i was like oh, i haven't heard anything by bailiff fleck let me let me see what they're doing yeah and then this piece came up i was like well i gotta gotta check that out sure excellent mm, it is very different and he <laughs> yeah. and then that that sent me on another rabbit hole of just sort of banjo playing you know um the uh the three finger picking style um as uh, what's it called the scruggs style is it barry scruggs i forget the first name of the earl of uh, mr earl scruggs who pioneered that before it was just kind of like uh, a, a thumb pick and a strum yeah. with the fingers. And then he, with a lot of hand movement, more like a guitar strumming style. Right. And his became more stationary and then uh, and doing the three pick. And uh, became much more virtuosic, I think. And certainly iconic um, playing style that everybody knows today that sort of associates. Right. Yeah, he moves, you know. he moves his thumb a lot. Yeah, with banjo playing, so pretty cool. Quite, a, quite vigorous. Cue uh, the Beverly Hillbillies. <laughs> <laughs> that's well, we have the rural report. That's basically that's that's the two of them. So yeah, yep. <laughs> so wait, what? Yeah, two of who? The Earl Scruggs and um, uh, his uh, his partner, um, Bailey Fleck. No, come oh good, on. okay. The guitar Still player. <laughs> I don't know. Earl Scru- Scruggs and what? Oh, Flat and Scruggs? Flat. There we go. Oh. Oh. What kind oh, of my. hillbilly are you? <laughs> well, I'm the kind of hillbilly that uh, that forgets until just now that it's just called Two Brothers <laughs> is the name of our podcast. Uh, yes, indeed. And All right. uh, I'm James. Hi, I'm Marcus. And, and uh, thanks for listening. If you'd like to send us an email. <laughs> <Tell> you what? <laughs> if you want to send us an email, yeah. <laughs> I'm going for it. It's Yeah. If you, if you want to send us an email... You can send it to bros at it's just called two brothers dot com. If you use Twitter, and why would you? But you can tweet it as at ijc2b. And you blog every day at marcusharwell.com. Yeah. And dad gum. Dad gum. Dad gum. That's fast uh, picking. picking. Hmm. I did get to my. Uh, I, have, I have two two things that are going to have to wait till next week. I think the mm-hmm. the, uh, the Venture Brothers. I ah. made it through all of season seven finally. Hey, good for you! And um, this experiment I'm doing with spoilers. So, oh right, yeah, we'll I'm see. Interested. deep in yeah, the throes. We need, to talk, need to talk about that. Mm-hmm.